Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Play Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo, 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 guys, what is up? And welcome back to another edition of the Game 6 Clay podcast. It's your boy Gotham, joined today by my boy Matt. And uh, we're bringing this episode to you with the Warriors. One win away, 48 minutes from a fourth NBA championship. Um, But before we get into where we are, how we got here, Matt, how we doing, brother? Welcome back. How we living? Dude, it's super good. Uh, This is exciting, man. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, uh, the roller coaster of everything. You know what I mean? And I'm expecting yeah, wanna, some, uh, remind, it's coming, I wanna, man. I want to remind all our listeners that the last episode that Matt was on, um, you missed the last one with me and Charlie, our game four, uh, predict or game five prediction, game four reaction. Uh, Matt missed that one, but his last appearance was, um, the game three reaction going into game four with the Warriors down two one. Matt was, uh, was all, um, down in the dumps about what, how the series was looking, uh, so Matt, I'll uh, I'll let you kick it off, my brother. Um, now that you've joined us again, the Warriors have a three-two lead um, after they took care of business in Game Five. Um, a real all-around performance to put themselves one win away. Uh, so Matt, welcome back, and how are you feeling now, brother? Give me give me your takes. Yeah, like you said, dude. Uh, doom and gloom last episode. Feeling much better today. Uh, you and Shock definitely had me laughing on the last oh, one, man. man. We had to, uh, we had to rag a little bit on you. You just you feel your buddy's actual disappointment, you know what I mean? And I could hear it in your guys' tone. Charlie, who wasn't on the episode, apparently had had emotions about what I was saying, man. So I felt bad. Uh, I felt stupid and I felt bad. So uh, I take the L on that one. It's a happy L. It's one of those times where you're thrilled to be wrong. Uh, but I definitely deserved it, man. Gotham's optimism is tends to be uh, tends to be an unrelenting force. So uh, yep. it, it came through once more, and here we are. Yes, sir. Here we are. And speaking of which, man, here we are. One went away. Um, and how we got there coming in 2-2 tie, um, coming back home. The Warriors had momentum in game four after that Steph Curry masterclass. Um, but the question coming into the game was, you know, we knew the adjustments were coming on Steph. Um, we knew that um, it was going to take the whole team to step up and, you know, put the Warriors in this position. And they did just that. Andrew Wiggins with another career night with 26 points, 13 rebounds. Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole getting going with their jump shot, hitting timely buckets on a night where Steph Curry had a great impact, but shooting wise, 0 for 9 on threes, um, first time in his playoff career that he hasn't hit a triple. Um, and the Warriors is in that third quarter had a little uh, had a little Boston run they had to fight back against, get the lead back, but um, in the end ended up being a semi comfortable uh, game five win. Uh, with Curry not going off and the rest of the guys stepping up. Um, so Matt, what did you see in game five and um, how, how did the, how did the Warriors find themselves where they are right now? Yeah, it's just a gutsy win. It was a totally gutsy win. We're going to talk about Wiggins a whole bunch throughout the pod today, but uh, you got to bring him up first. The guy was an absolute, he was a hero. Um, it feels like we're still not giving him enough credit. Just, I know we talk about, and Steph's gravity is very real. This podcast is very pro Steph and everything he does in the basketball court, but with that being said, we don't see players taking advantage of it all the time. Wiggins has totally taken advantage of it in this series. He's been, especially in game five, he was incredible. Um, the Warriors, it was, it wasn't, it, the end of the game was comfortable, like Gotham said, but it wasn't a comfortable second half. Uh, Boston came out, they hit 
I think they added, going to the third quarter, um, hit eight straight threes at one point. Yeah, uh, they took the lead in the game. Uh, it was a, it was a scary win. It was a gutsy win from the Warriors. Uh, they were plus 10, I want to say to start the fourth quarter with Steph on the bench, which, uh, if you can't, if you lose the non-Steph minutes as the opposing team, you're probably, you're, you're 99% of the time going to lose that game. And that's kind of what happened. But, uh, like you said, Clay Thompson hitting shots, Jordan pool, that, that guy is, I'm not going to call him Mr. Anything maker, except man. for Mr. Mr. End of the third quarter. That guy has just got stones, man. He's got four nuts. <laughs> it's crazy, man. He's, he's just good to go. Um, but just a gutsy, gutsy win. It's it's important to note the Warriors lost the rebounding battle, the three-point battle, the free throw battle, and still won that game. And the easiest stat to look at outside of those is turnovers, which the Warriors only had six of, which has kind of been the theme of the series. Honestly, the Warriors are a high turnover team, but Boston does not turn them over like crazy, which uh, you know, historic defense that Boston is, they should be forcing a few more turnovers than they are. Just saying. Uh maybe it's the other way around with the Warriors who started the season with uh an actual historic offense or defensive rating. Maybe that's the more historically great defense. I know people aren't going to like that, but uh, the results are what they are. The Warriors are up 3-2. Uh, and again, they're taking care of the basketball on offense, which is a, a far, far, far cry from what Boston is doing. So, and that was, that was again, you. It's. I think I saw that given that the Warriors lost the rebound, free throw, three-point battle, no team has lost all three of those, I don't think, and won a finals game. And the Warriors just did that. It's because, first of all, their defense has been incredible, and we, we keep doing this thing. Again, just stop on the defense a little more. We keep doing this thing where we're talking about Boston being sloppy with the ball and all these turnovers. Since what everybody, uh, ESPN, the ringer, uh, whoever else it might be, man, what we keep doing is looking at these these games, saying Boston's blowing it. The Warriors, the Warriors' defense has been incredible. It's yeah. been so goddamn good, and that needs to be more the story going forward. Because yeah, Boston has all these turnovers. It's not for no reason. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're turning the ball over because guys like Gary Payton, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green are getting in their airspace. Steph Curry is reading passing lanes like a crazy person. That's why they're turning the ball over. It's not just because they're sloppy, which they are, but give the Warriors defense some credit, please. No, 100%, man. I think the defense was where they won this game and I think ultimately are going to win this championship. Um, they, it looked like in that first quarter, they built off that fourth quarter in game four, where they held Boston to uh, 19 points, something like that. Um, some, some insane, and they came out with that same force and that's the, the intensity that they came out with. The shots weren't falling. Steph wasn't, Steph didn't have, you know, he wasn't getting going, but you had Wiggins step up. You had Clay step up. You had Draymond come out and play with, uh, I think his best game of the series by far, um, in game five. Um, it was a, like you said, gutsy win, man, the, the fact that the Warriors were able to hold Boston to in the teens in scoring for two quarters, the first and fourth, um, or if, if anything, low twenties, um, they they showed that they kind of figured out how they want to defend this Boston team, and it goes back to the keys that we talked about on before this series even started, which was make take uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, take tough shots, contest everything, and don't let other guys get going. They had one bench point in the first half. That's how the Warriors are going to win this series. And ultimately, if they're going to win it in Boston or Indy game, whatever, however they win this, it's going to be limiting the other guys and forcing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to shoot you out of a game, which they did in game five in that fourth quarter. Um, so credit to the Warriors defense. I think that's where the, it started. And like you said, man, shout out Andrew Wiggins. I think the guy does 
Uh, he's been the ultimate revelation in this postseason. Um, we saw it from the Denver series. This guy has just been improving series by series. Um, I think that Memphis series did a huge load of confidence for him. And um, in terms of just the hustle that he displayed against a more athletic, a more uh, a longer Memphis team. And he's just been getting better and better as the series has gone on um, in the finals. So Andrew Wiggins is a big reason why the Warriors are here. I would say that he's been the second best player for the Warriors by a considerable margin, just in terms of consistency, um, his effort and his scoring output when, when, especially when Steph wasn't going last, last game. So um, huge shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Um, also want to shout out the Minnesota Timberwolves um, for an absolute fleece of a trade. Um, shout out you guys. Um, but yeah, man, the Warriors, um, found a way to win. And that's what happens in, that's what, that's how you win championships. You got to find a way to, uh, get the, um, that third quarter, um, stood out considerably. Um, it looked exactly like that fourth quarter in game one, uh, Boston couldn't miss. Um, the Warriors had that lead. They saw it dwindle. They lost it. They were down by five, um, in the third, but again, Jordan Poole, like you said, man, the guy's a big shot taker and a big shot maker. That's twice in this series that he's hit, um, third quarter buzzer beaters from near the half court. Um, and this one, it felt like that, uh, I think it was game three when uh, the Warriors were mounting their comeback and Marcus Smart banked in um, a three off like uh, to push the lead or whatever. And for the Warriors to go into that fourth after that third quarter um, with the lead, um, for me as of like watching it, it felt like that was just such a momentum crusher for Boston. And it wasn't, it was in the fourth quarter. So um, yeah, man, uh, we're now, 48 minutes away from an NBA championship and the, the opportunity is there to do it tomorrow night. I want to go back real quick. And you mentioned Jordan Poole. We talked about him plenty. I think I heard you say clay in there somewhere, but clay, it's, oh, yeah. if you look at the Warriors box score, it's in a three point column, it's over, 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 then five for 11 clay. for play. And they were all timely, huge, huge buckets. And he has just been so good in the last two games on both ends of the floor. And that guy, you know, we have these players we talk about who just show up when you, we need them to. Clay Thompson is that guy. He shows up, man. He shows up between him and Jordan Poole, man. There are seven testicles, dude. And it's just, it's <laughs> just, there's so much crazy stuff going on there, man. Those two guys just, they were there for the moment uh, in game five, but yeah, like you said, we're going into uh, going into game six. But we were going to talk about, man, you mentioned Wiggins as the second best player in this series. I thought I was being audacious the other day when I said he was the third best player uh, on the Warriors, pardon me. It's not even a question now. He's been the Warriors' yeah. second best player for the conference finals and the finals at this point now. Uh, who do you have in those next three spots? If you're talking about the Warriors' best five guys yeah. in this series, if I were to ask you, hey, uh, the guys the Warriors can live and die by right now, who are those next three guys? Yeah, I think so. Stephen, Stephen Wiggs, obviously one and two um, considerably. Um, after that, you know, I think it's a toss up for me for three and four between GP2 and Clay. I think uh, GP2's impact on this series has been so, so, uh, so great. Um, just what he brings defensively. Um, you can play him on the perimeter. You can play him down low. He's always going to be trying to go for the ball, um, trying to get steals. He's going to get steals, um, plays the passing lanes well. Um, just an all-around great defender. And for a team like Boston, who they have two great wings who want to score, who are looking to score, you get another stopper on them. And uh, GP2, he had the highest plus-minus um, in game five. Um, he's hitting Tom Lee threes. Uh, he's making great cuts. Um, so GP's, uh, GP's impact has been considerable. But 
like you said, man, Clay Thompson is that guy. He he's been in game five in game four, um, hit the three to put us up um, for good. Game five, getting more big shots, timely buckets, um, and then hit the dagger um, in that corner. So um, I, 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 out of respect for Clay um, and just the way he's been defending as well, I'm gonna put him at three uh, just because that's the boy. Uh, but GP at four, and I think um, you got to put Looney at five, man. I think Looney's uh, Looney Looney's just consistency, um, his effect on the glass. Um, you know, there's so many guys that have stepped up in, in ways. And, you know, I think Draymond in terms of impact in game five was amazing as well. But um, in this series, it's it's really been a collective effort. And while the shots haven't fallen, I don't think we've seen a, a classic dubs offense game. Um, everybody's holding their weight on defense, um, on at least hustling, crashing the glass. And that's why the Warriors are up 3-2. Um, so, yeah, I'd go Steph, Wiggs, Clay, GP, and Looney. Um, but – Honorable mentions for uh, Draymond, Otto, uh, JP stepping up in moments. So, uh, but those those would be my five. Uh, those are my five. Are we being too hard, Draymond? Man, I don't think so. I think with being a great player, you the expectation is high. Um, and Draymond too. I mean, he shit the bed in the first uh, four games, three and uh, three two three ish games. He was. Uh, pretty pretty ass um to his credit he stepped up at the end of game four um was great in game five um was great in game two so you know and it happens you know the boston that the way boston was defending the warriors was to make kind of take draymond out um, in of his element um so kudos to him for figuring out because um now you've got draymond with a game and a half really playing well uh but no i don't think we've been too hard on draymond i think that um when you're one of the three members of the core, we hold you to a different standard. You guys are how we're going to win this championship. This is these three guys are where this team's identity is. So no, I think Draymond is being held to the appropriate standard and he's lived up to it in game five. And I expect him to live up to it and more in game six. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I, the guy is just so interesting, man. The way that he can like the way he's neutralized. Sometimes he's just, he goes from being such a and like he's the guy that makes things go around sometimes to a guy mm-hmm. where you're like, I don't think you can be out there for much longer tonight, man, if you're not gonna do anything. And like you said, he showed up game five. Um I kind of well, have my him thing with Draymond, my thing with Draymond real quick is the Warriors are a good team when he's not involved in like he said earlier, the Warriors can win games without Draymond Green. They get elevated to a great team. Uh, when Steph, Clay, and Draymond are all playing together, that the way those three play off each other and how the rest of the team is now built around, Draymond's such a central piece in that that you have to hold him to that higher standard. And when he doesn't play well, the Warriors are able to eke out a couple wins of the series on the backs of Steph, um, Wiggins, Clay. But uh, when Draymond played well, it was it was evident in Game Five. So um, just the the ceiling of the team just rises so much greater when Draymond is Draymond. Yeah, I think I think he had. Like, how many points do you have last night? Eight. eight. That's the magic number, man. Draymond scores eight points. They're usually in really good shape. Um, But I was going to say, I I think I have mostly the same as you. I got Stefan Wiggs, who I just want to point out real quick. uh, 18 and nine. And he's the leading rebounder in the series right now in a series with Draymond Green, Kavon, Looney, Robert Williams, Al Horford. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is leading the finals in rebounding. That's insane. insane. Um, I think Clay does get that three spot. And then four and five, for me, it's it's just a toss-up. If you have Draymond and Loon there in some order, I'm cool with it. If you have GB2 in there, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, I think I want to go with 
Draymond four and Loon five. Um, but with that being said, though, I tweeted this the other night and I still mean it. I think I trust Steph Wiggins and Looney more than any other players on the yeah, team right now, is. which is uh, which is insane. I think Looney. I mean, Draymond played about twice as many minutes as Looney the other night, but I think that was mostly a function of Looney picking up three fouls in like mm-hmm. four minutes in the first quarter. Ouch. I expect in the next game it'll be about probably pretty even split from those two guys, depending on how things go. Um, but Gotham, before we talk about, before we talk about uh game six coming up tomorrow, um, Brian Winhurst, ESPN oh. hops on, uh, hops on the post game after game this five, essentially calls, uh, essentially calls the, the Warriors uh, victory, a checkbook win because of their high payroll. Um, it's gotten a lot of, a lot of response from uh, just the basketball community at large, uh, especially Dub Nation. Uh, what are your reactions to that to that comment, man? I know you mentioned he was on uh, the game today, and I know you. I think you caught that. Uh, if you can explain a little bit what he said there, the two that'd be awesome. But uh, first, your reaction, and then maybe you can explain a little what Winhurst was saying on his uh, appearance in the radio show today. Yeah, I mean, I think we all we all heard his comments after the game. Um, I it just. It didn't really surprise me, really, to hear something like that be said. Like whether it was Windhorse or somebody else in the in the in the TV media or like this this NBA media that we have now, um, nobody wants to see the war. Nobody wants to give this Warriors team credit. Um, I'm gonna say it at point blank. Like they, nobody expected them to be in this position. Um, I don't care what anybody's saying now. Um, you go back to whatever the preseason predictions, midseason predictions. The Warriors were the preseason 11th favorite to come out of the West. Like, we weren't even a playing team um, on some of these people's radars. All the numbers didn't have us being in the NBA Finals, winning the West. Um, so for these people, I feel like – I forget who said it, um, but uh, on some podcast, somebody was just like, uh, you know, people are more involved in protecting their own, like, opinions than, like – owning up to what the actual, like how it actually plays out. And that's kind of where NBA media is. So for to hear somebody like Brian Winningham say that this was a che- uh, checkbook win or whatever, um, A, just completely wrong. Uh, I think that the Warriors have played by the rules. Um, they've drafted every single one of their players outside of uh, Wiggins, who they traded for. And mind you, that trade was just laughed upon by people because nobody wanted that Andrew Wiggins contract. And here he is uh, contributing to a game five finals win uh, to go up three, two. So, I mean, I think a lot of it is just, you know, fan, uh, the media um, in general, just the narrative to, uh, I guess, not, not necessarily like frown upon the Warriors coming back or whatever, but kind of protect their own asses. And Brian Windhorst in specific, he's always been a Warriors hater, man. I don't give a fuck what that guy says. Um, he, he's uh, quite he's, literally like LeBron's greatest, he, greatest fan. I'm not surprised, but to, I, like you said, I caught his, uh, he was on 95, seven, the game this morning with Bonte and Joe Shasky. Um, and they, they were grilling him, man. I think that, uh, obviously they were respectful. Um, they didn't really say what every fan says, but it sounded, he was doing a lot of backpedaling. Um, but essentially I think it's loser ass mentality when, if you, um, the last team that win uh, a championship with the highest payroll was the 2016 Cavs, ironically. Um, and as well, <laughs> um, and uh, it, it's it's not like they're breaking the rules, man. Draft better, develop better, um, make the right trades. Um, Joe Lacob isn't the isn't he's the twenty sixth or twenty fifth. So I I spent owner. way too much time today looking at this spreadsheet: NBA team value, NBA yeah. purchasing value, and the owner's first bottom. Lacob is 
depending Nathan on is, who you talk to. He's bottom third. It's not, he's not yeah, close he's, to the top he's half. He's 24th or 25th in the entire league in terms of total net worth for an owner. So it's not like this dude is just shelling money. Like he's, these owners have money to, to, to fund their luxury time. So if teams want to be able to, you know, compete, it's on the owners. And for, to hear owners complain, we heard, we, we saw this, I think it was a Western Conference Finals when the owners were talking about all oh, the Warriors are spending. Yeah, because you spend money to make money, motherfucker. That's how you win. Um, like, the, I don't understand just the loser-ass mentality. It's, it's kind of just like, it's, it's kind of a, it's a microcosm of just how basketball media in general is right now. A lot of just hypotheticals that just like, you know, it's, it's soft. Um, so my overall take is uh, – Brian Lindhorst, I don't give a shit what you have to say, man, because there's nothing to back up what you're saying. You sound like a salty fan that or a salty uh, Warriors hater, that, honestly. So It is such um, a weird – I mean, again, it's just, it's weird. It's a weird thing to go on. You're, you're at the NBA Finals. You're you are the NBA living Finals in a every... game five where Andrew Wiggins went off and it which was the biggest game of his career, and you're pointing out that the Warriors are playing by the rules better than everybody else, and that's why they're in this position – like give some like give some credit to the players like I I and that shouldn't be the narrative about Andrew. his thirty million dollar contract shouldn't even come up it should be about the performance he had on the court and again like it's 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 about this whole narrative based shit that you know we see and um it's just it's just another way to take away from what's actually happening uh, right now in the basketball world with you know the Warriors potentially um, with the chance to get back to the top which I don't think anybody had um, coming in yeah. so. I mean, I was going to say, though, it's it's this guy is living like by just by being at a game like this is living millions and millions of people's dreams. Right. He's covering mm-hmm. the game. He gets to speak at the post game on the most watched sports channel on television. And just your first takeaway to be that this Wayne was anything but gutsy. And again, we talked about it earlier. Three of the six guys that you and I have kind of interchangeably in the top five Warriors <laughs> are making like six million dollars a year. Like Looney's Gary at five million dollars. Gary Payton's making a million dollars this year. Uh, he was signed up to be a video coordinator for the Warriors. Like you tell me, no other team could have signed, picked him up. Like, come on, man. Clay, like, Clay let's, Thompson let's is be, someone who people consider to be on one of the worst contracts in basketball because of his injury history. Draymond Green, people are calling washed. Wiggins, like you said, that trade was frowned upon to say the least. It's just it's embarrassing, man. I guarantee you. You know, so many people were picking the Celtics to have most of the 10 best players in the series, most of the six best players in the series. And it hasn't turned out that way, obviously, so far. Uh, it's just it's a it's a lame. It's weird, man. Like I keep saying it, it's a and, weird thing to do to hop on national television. That'd be your first thing. And then to hop on a radio show and walk it back yeah, saying, uh, so, oh, I meant that as a compliment. No, dude, no one points no, out the it. first thing they think as a compliment like that. And No, you did it. You didn't mean it as a compliment. That was just a complete backhanded thing. But I also want to point out. The Warriors had the highest payroll when they were they spent whatever sixty million dollars on a Kelly Oubre contract last season, and they 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 spent money. They went they Joe Lacob was willing to sacrifice the short term gains to set himself up where the Warriors are now set up for a while. Like they the fact, have, we we'll get into that later. But the fact I mean, that the Brian Windhurst has united Warriors fans in favor of Joe Lacob right now is an all time great move. All time. This is a guy I, who I get. I get the I get the Joe Lacob uh, slander in terms of you know the 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 young and the old and whatever the whole narrative that we've had as Warriors fans about what we want to see with the direction of the team, but it's never there was never a complaint about Lacob not being willing to go out and win, which is at the end of the day as a fan base that is all you can ask for from your owner. So for twenty nine other owners to not be able to do that, blame your own ownership, man. Like be better at the game. They're playing by the rules. They're beating you by the same rules that you have. Be willing. You got to spend money to make money. 
If you want to get to the top, you're going to have to make sacrifices. And this is one of them. And you're going to reap the rewards. If you win, the Warriors are reaping the rewards of spending that money. So I, I think it's it's a lot of just trying to take away from what's going on in the moment. Um, Brian Windhorst, I really couldn't give less of a fuck what that guy has to say. Uh, well said, man. I want to just say we got a Shams bomb popped up just now. Uh, the Rockets just traded Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks. Couldn't give a shit about what happens at the bottom, man. Oh, <laughs> what happens at the top right now? That's um, what I was hoping we would say, man. We're not spending any time on this, but just wanted to point it out real quick while we're here, um, dude. So now that that's behind us again, I don't think I've not seen a single person in support of Winters on this. So that's fantastic. When again, when you can unite, first of all, Warriors fans uh, for Joe Lacob in a season where. Again, probably not justifiably so, especially at this point. We've been against him. And it's again, this guy, we should probably rethink what we said all year because uh I, I want to point to Gotham first. Gotham. Before the final started. Let me say that. Like that that yeah. we could that was a whole nother thing. Like Joe Lacob has his own like stuff that we can argue about about what we agree with, but we'll never question his willingness to win. And that at the end of the day, that's where it's built on. So that's my if the Warriors for, get this, if the Warriors get this title. Uh, I'm going to give everybody's getting a free pass, man, for the rest of their 100%. tenure. Wiggins, Lakeup, uh, Kerr, uh, you know, Draymond. I don't care, man. But uh, that's beside. That's neither here nor there. Uh, game six is tomorrow, man. The Warriors can secure their fourth title in eight years. Uh, the fourth ring for the core three, a first ring for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, it's a great start for our, their, their two lottery picks career, of course. What what are you thinking, man, for tomorrow night? What do you what do you expect to happen? What needs to happen for the Warriors to pull out a win in Boston? Yeah, I, I think that uh, it starts with the defense again, um, with how they came out in the game five, um, that defensive intensity they brought. I think just watching all these games, the way the Warriors' defensive intensity has been the last this entire series, realistically. Um, I think they've figured out what they want to do on the defensive end. And I think you saw that in, get, in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, they can play stretches of just stifling defense. And there is not much Boston can do offensively to combat that. The Warriors will have their times when they can just put a stranglehold on that Boston defense, on that Boston offense, excuse me. Um, so my biggest adjustment is way too simple. It's hit your open shots because the Warriors – have generated great looks on offense pretty much every time down the court last time, last game. Um, they went, what was it, nine for 40 on threes? Um, and the amount of open ones that just were either bad misses or just clanks or like it was insane how how much more the Warriors lead would have been if they were hitting shots that we're normally used to them making. Um, and I think that, you know, I think they do. We have, like we said, the Warriors haven't put up more than 107 points this in the game, this series. Um, they've held Boston to below 103 of them, all three that they've won. Um, I don't see that changing in terms of what they're able to do on the defensive end. Um, but offensively, we haven't seen that classic Warriors barrage um, that um, we've seen, you know, years for years now, but even this season, the Warriors team has had games when they can just get completely hot from three. Um, we haven't seen that. Um, I would assume that that happens in game six, um, the best time for it to happen. Um, but adjustments wise, there's really not much you can do. Um, kind of stick to what you've been doing. Force uh, Tatum and Brown into tough shots. Um, like they will turn the ball over, um, put pressure on them. They will, they will give you the ball. Um, Boston as a team, 
turnovers have been the bane of their existence. So even when the Warriors don't win the rebounding battle, um, get uh, free throws doubled to whatever, um, if they can force Boston into turnovers, they're going to win the game. Um, but yeah, I, I really think it comes down to just making shots, man, because uh, at the end, uh, not the, in game in game five, excuse me, that's exactly what was missing. Um, everything else was there. Um, shout out Clay um, for for being the guy to hit threes um, last game. But I see I see that changing in game six. Um, I just think that the Warriors' intensity is just going to be at an all time high. They know what they know what's on the line. They know they don't want a game seven. Um, so I'm I'm expecting the best game of the season um, tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be a battle. Boston's not a rolling over team, and great defensive teams generally just aren't. We've seen the same thing with the Warriors all year. They're it's you you don't get your asses kicked in games when you're a great defensive team, which jokes aside, Boston certainly is. Golden State also is on that note. Uh yep. and like you said, the turnover battle is gonna be huge. You know, Steph shot over nine for three on uh Monday. Okay, credit to Boston's defense there, which again I just complimented. I'm about to uncompliment now a little bit. <laughs> it, it's your defense has nothing to do with it. I'm sorry. Like yeah, he took some tough shots for sure. He got blocked in one three. That was a rush shot. Uh, maybe they got in his head a bit, but it wasn't. He missed wide open shots. He missed a ton of wide open threes or threes that he was hitting with pretty with uh, with ease the previous few games. Uh, Steph's not shooting over nine again. The Warriors aren't shooting nine for forty again. Uh, their defense is not listen this is this game is kind of going to be the the analog for the the game 5 in in uh Memphis right where the warriors got blown out uh in the first quarter right that game was done in 5 minutes ago or five, sorry 5 minutes into the game this is going to be a good time to see if this team is is drastically different than that team we saw uh in the second round of the playoffs because like you said, and like we said before this, they don't want to go to a game seven and they shouldn't want to go to a game seven, right? That's a, that'd be yeah. not optimal, right? Goes without saying this team, they smell blood. And I, I know I'm, I'm sure Steve Kerr did not like this getting leaked, uh, but that tidbit yeah. of him saying, you know, saying that Jeez. we're going to win this in Boston, right? Steve Kerr is not a, Steve Kerr is not a front runner, man. He's the furthest thing from that. And for him to say that, you know, he knows his guys are locked in. And that's a far, far different message than the one we heard from Kerr when he talked to Mike Brown before game five in Memphis when he said, hey, if this is an ass-kicking, pull the guys early, okay? he that's, that's not the message this game. And so like you said, I expect Golden State to go in there with the same defensive intensity. And if they do, I think if they match Boston's defense, they have so far, we've talked about it all series, the baseline for a Warriors offense is way higher than the baseline for a Celtics yeah. offense. And you're not containing Steph Curry. And uh, by the way, game six play. Game six play. And I want to touch on like the Warriors, uh, like you brought up game five in Memphis and everybody talks about how the Warriors are over three in their first, uh, first attempt at a closeout this postseason. I just want to point out that every single one of those games, the first closeout games had zero implications on whether the Warriors would lose control of the series. They're up three, zero against Denver. They're up three, one against Memphis. They're up three, zero against Dallas. All three of those games, they knew they were on the road. They knew they had a chance to close it out at home. And they do have that with game seven. But you are one win away from the NBA championship. You've been in a game seven in the NBA finals where you had a lead at home. You don't want to leave anything up to a game seven. So I think they're going to treat this game as a game seven. There is no, we can take the first quarter off and just see if we have a chance in this game. No, this game is you got to come out, punch them in the mouth and go get that championship. Because like you said, Boston's not going to roll over. They're a 
very prideful young team. Um, they believe they deserve to be here. I'm sure they believe they still have a shot to win this championship. So for the Warriors, they know that this is going to be the most intense, the most physical, um, absolute dogfight of a game, like you said. But they also know that they control their own destiny. If they can go out and execute, they will out-execute Boston for 48 minutes. They've done it the last two games. They've done it three out of the first five games. Um, And a majority of that game won until the fourth quarter, like we know. So – Golden State has proven this over the series. They've just got to stick with what's got them here um, and then just knock down these shots, man. Um, Make this the best game of the series. Make this the best game of the season um, because it it has to be. That's what it takes to win a championship. And like you said, we've got – we have guys that have been here, um, guys that are going to be in these young guys' ears, um, Steph, Clay, uh, Draymond, Andre. They're going to be talking to Wiggs, JP, GP2, um, and then when you have Coach Kerr, who's going for his ninth ring, the guy's been here. Um, when he says we're going to finish this in Boston, you know what the team is feeling. So I, I have no doubt that tomorrow is going to be an epic, epic day for Warriors fans. Um, that being said, um, I guess uh, let's get into some uh, some predictions, man. Player, game, um, what what are we going to see tomorrow? And uh, what is the what is this, is the NBA season coming to an end? Uh, Matt, are we are the Golden State Warriors champions, or are we coming back for a Father's Day Game Seven on Sunday? What What are your thoughts going into Game Six? Well, I'm going to tell you something, man. If you think that I'm a panicky guy, my dad is far worse, and I can definitely not put it up with the Father's Day Game Seven <laughs> with my dad. I would have to abandon my dad for the day, which is not something I want to do on Father's Day. Uh, so, but no, jokes aside, this uh, they're closing out tomorrow. Uh, you said you hit everything. This team is mature. They are they are seasoned, and this is the most you've seen that from this group. Is because I mean, they were they were veterans with KD, but this is right now. This is a team where they just look. And we both pointed it out after Game Three when Steph's on the bench and he just has this kind of kooky smile on his smile, face, man. even though they you lost. Man, it's it's a calm though, man. It's a calm from him. It's a calm from Kerr. Clay is just like uh, you know, Clay's Clay's just. He's a, he's a blues brother, man. That guy is just relaxed, you know. Um, but I expect big games from both those guys. Um, I think they'll both be in the 20s. I, I don't know if Wiggins has another 26-point game in him, but I expect just more uh, tenacious defense. Uh, I expect him to be a battle on the boards. I expect some kind of like 14-10 and 10 game, 15-11 and 11 type game from him because I just think uh, it's hard to do what he did twice in a row with the uh, defensive burden he has. But I think those three guys are going to carry this team home. Uh on both sides of the floor. And I think it's going to be a, uh, a Warriors number four and uh, with a game six clay performance. Let's fucking go. Uh, Matt back on picking the Warriors in the win column. Welcome back, brother. Um, now nah, I'm totally with you, man. Um, I think that, uh, like you said, Steph's not going over nine um, and clay Thompson at this point, we have enough proof that game six clay is a real thing. And as the game six clay podcast, we're obviously expecting a big game six from our boy, Clay Thompson, but I'm with you, man. I think that uh, Steph Bat has a great game, bounces back. I think that Clay has a good game. I think that Draymond brings the intensity, and I think that we get a vintage Warriors classic um, to win our fourth NBA championship in eight years, fourth of the Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, um, Steph Curry era. Let me say the Steph Curry uh, era. Uh, but yeah, man, I think uh, we uh, we send a lot of home. We send a lot of fans home. Sad in Boston. Um, get their front running asses sent to Cancun. 
but yeah, uh, I think that the season ends tomorrow night. Um, I think it's going to be a party. Um, it's going to be a culmination of what these last two and a half, three years have been. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've tried to not get ahead of myself, uh, but I'm not playing. So um, I have, I have looked forward to what potentially one more win is going to do. Um, just the, the feelings, the, the emotions of all of it. I'm excited to experience it uh, when it does happen tomorrow. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, this is it. This might be the final Game Stage Clay podcast where we are covering this season. Um, our next one might be coming in the offseason. But uh, before we get out of here, Matt, um, we both got the Warriors winning the championship tomorrow night. Um, you got any other last few uh, last minute messages before we get out, get out of here? No, I mean, yeah, I just want to say this is going to be a great game. I don't want to hear a single fucking person talk about referees, man. If the Warriors win this game, I just yeah. want that to stay out of this for the rest of the series. Anybody on either side who's hampered on that like crazy needs to shut up. Uh, just again, man, just, just the, the audacity got me pointed this out, man. There was one thing I wanted to say before we all go. And it's just that Jordan pool flop, which was a flop like crazy. Marcus smart <laughs> did not it. hit him, but the irony of Boston fans being upset with that from Marcus smart, who might as well paint his face for being a clown, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, man. So let's keep it, let's keep it to the game. It's going to be a great one. Let's focus on it. Okay. That's all I got to say. 100%, man. Um, shout out all the uh, Boston fans complaining about referees, even though you guys get double the free throws uh, and saying calls going your way. Um, but, yeah, man, other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We had a blast recording this one. Chuckster, miss you, man. Uh, we know that you also picked the Warriors winning it tomorrow night. Um, so get ready, Dub Nation. It's, it's got a feeling like tomorrow is going to be a coronation, um, a rise back to the top. Um, the real champs are home. So um, till we, till next time, and hopefully we'll be talking to you as four-time NBA champions. Uh, but till then, please keep following us. We're going to be live tweeting the game. Um, always get our reactions. And thank you so much for following us. Uh, but other than that, man, uh, go Dubs, and let's close this out. Um, till then, peace, guys. See you. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final. For the second straight year, they eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.